Good morning. Zach, I really, uh, uh, the four-year-olds are really my best demographic. Um, so I don't know what you're saying there. But. <laughs> good morning. It is good to be with each other this morning. Um, and I'm so glad that you're here. And if, you're, if, if this is like the first time that you've come to Central and you just kind of took a chance on it this morning, man, thanks for coming. Uh, we appreciate that you just came and it's, we appreciate the courage that it takes sometimes to walk into a new space and a, a new group of people. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for taking that step and coming and being with us. And um, we look forward to uh, talking to you today. And if you're, just, if you're just here for today, then we hope that it's something that blesses your morning. And if you're looking for a community of faith over the long haul, uh, then we would love for you to walk uh, on this road with us. Um, we're just the people who are trying to follow Jesus together and learn what it means to be his disciples. His, uh, Shannon was trying to work with our staff this week about like, what's a, is, is that too archaic of a word? What do we mean when we say disciples? Do we mean um, like Jesus's students or, you know, like, like Jesus is our tutor? Um, or do we mean like, what, what is it that we mean by that? We're just people that think, that understand, that we, that we believe that Jesus offers us a whole new way of life. And we are people that want to learn that way from Jesus together. And so we wanna to listen to what he says. We wanna see of his life, see what his life was about and learn from it. And then we wanna uh, follow that way uh, in the world as best we can. We're trying to do that together as a community. And if you're looking for a community uh, that's, that, that sounds like what um, you're being called into, Man, come on, we're ready for you, okay? Let's pray together. Oh, holy God, giver of all good things, who has through Jesus revealed to us a new way of life. Father, we pray that in this moment that you would open our hearts and by your Holy Spirit, you would speak to us and let us understand what it means for us to be Jesus's people. And Father, understand uh, what it means for us to be a people that are living his way in the world. And God, may we be kind to each other, understanding to each other, merciful and gracious to each other, and not only to each other here in this space, but to each other as we share life together. And Father, not only to just each other, but to our neighbors and even those who might consider themselves our enemies uh, even though, God, we would wish to have no enemies in this world. And God, we pray that you would help us to have a love for humanity that stretches beyond the boxes and the categories that we typically put people in. And may our love overflow with love as we are taught the way of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I want to remind you of a couple of things as uh, we dive into the sermon space this morning. The first is, you may still notice, I know it's easy for these things to become just a part of the furniture, but we still have all these yellow signs here in the building today on the, on the, on the lower level here that are schools that we're connected with in different ways. Maybe we have somebody that's a student there or somebody that teaches there. Um, or maybe it's just something in somebody's neighborhood that they feel really strongly about. But these are schools that are part of our orbit here at Central. And so we want to be prayerful for all the people. Um, a lot of schools started this last week. Uh, I think most of the schools in the area are going right now. And uh, I, I have seen some teachers that look like they have been through it, okay? Um, 
So, uh, and, 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 and some students too, for that matter, um, and parents. Um, but there's, there's that. Uh, please be prayerful for all the people as they enter into that, um, those spaces in, of life. And then the other thing is, I am really excited. Uh, tonight, we've got an ice cream social. Bring some ice cream. Bring a, a song in your heart for some karaoke. Just bring some joy, okay? And just come tonight and be ready to have some fun. We're just going to play together and enjoy life as a community together tonight. We've been working through the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most uh, densely concentrated places of Jesus' teachings in the New Testament. And today we're working on um, a section beginning in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. If you would uh, hear the word of God. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is narrow that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. Well, the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Where are false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit. But every um, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Jesus here is in this very familiar teaching. Um, contrast what it means to live life on the different kinds of roads and the different kinds of paths that we take. And he says there is a broad way and there is a narrow path. And one of them is easy to find and one of them is harder to find. There is one space that is so wide and so appealing and so easy to get onto it that everybody goes that way. And then there is a narrow path. There is a way that is harder and more difficult to find. But Jesus here wants us to understand that in reality, there are different roads that we can take in life. And not all roads are the same. They're not. And it makes a difference which kind of path you take. It has been entirely disorienting for me to come back into the city, come back to Little Rock after a decade away, and realize that there are so many things that are different and, and new and changed in the city. Some things are still the same, right? Like since the time we've been gone, there's still, you know, it's still a little bit too narrow driving down Markham Street at certain times of the day, right? Still like, man, can we just get six more inches off that curb, please, please. And then there's still some, some other things that are a little bit different. There's a back way to get into Mall Mill, and there are like four cars that take that in the morning. It's really great. Everybody else going down the boulevard, you know? There are some things that are different. And then there's, they're still working on 430, right? We were only gone a decade, you know? 
there's one of the things that we've had in the conversation in our car on the way as we're going all our different places you know it has been so disorienting for our kids that like there are there are like six different ways that we can get from our home in Maumelle down to central so we start going down and sometimes i go down 4:30 and i head south and sometimes we go no, uh, we go uh, the eastern path down Fort i40 right and sometimes my kids will stop me they say this ain't the way to go and I have to explain, well, I'm taking a different road today because I think there might be more traffic over here. There's a little construction I'm trying to avoid. It's this time of day. There are some ways in our world that you can take a lot of different roads and get in the same place, right? And sometimes in life, metaphorically, we can understand that we can take a lot of paths to get to some of the same places. And so we can develop a nonchalance that says, you know, it really doesn't matter which way you go. It really doesn't matter. We're all going, we're all, we're all heading in the same direction, right? One of the stark things that Jesus has to teach in this sermon is that in life, not all roads are the same. This is one of those passages that I remember in the church that I grew up in, the church of my youth. There's a little, little church named of it. Uh, Eastwood was the name of this little church. And I can remember um, so many good things that I, that I gained from that, from that church. So many good things that, were, that I appreciate even today. But there's one thing that I, there, there's sometimes that I have to nuance what I learned in those places and, and realize that there, there was something and it may not, it may have just been what I heard and it may have been not what they were trying to say. Okay. But I've, I have to learn, I have to pick up some new things. Anybody else in that process as adults? Okay. You're in that process of like rethinking some of the things that you learned as a kid. Anybody else in that space? I am. Okay, all the time. And I'm very conscious that some of you who are youths here, you're gonna go through that process. You're gonna go back and say, you know, 20, 30 years from now, man, I'm not sure about all that stuff that Hovander was teaching. You know, you have to rethink that. I, that's, honestly, that's a point of humility for me. It's true. Now, there's some things that you thought that's what I was saying. It wasn't exactly what I was saying. So give me a little grace, okay? Sometimes what we hear isn't the same thing as what was said. When I was a kid and Brother Kretzer was preaching, sometimes what I heard when he would talk about the broad way and the narrow path that leads to, one leads to life and one of them leads to destruction is I heard that this was entirely about heaven and hell. Is that the way that you've heard this passage before? Okay. That it's about judgment. And so do right so that you'll go to heaven. Because if you don't, do right, you do wrong, you step outside the bounds and you're bound for hell. And, and there may be something of this passage that has to do with uh, judgment in that way, okay? But I think it's a vast oversimplification of what Jesus has to say here. Because Jesus is not, despite what we may have thought we heard, Jesus is not only concerned with our final destination. Jesus is very much concerned with showing us how to live. 
and how to live well. Part of the gospel that I think comes from this passage, and there is, there is a challenging part. There is a way that goes to destruction. But I think part of the gospel here is that there is a way of life. Now, it's narrow and hidden and hard to find sometimes, but there is a way, a road of life that brings life. And not just life for the person who's traveling that road, but it brings life to all the people that they meet along the way. It gives life. It gives life to our neighbors. It offers life to other people, right? There is a way of life. And everything that we've learned in the Sermon on the Mount, if we put all this in the right context together, everything that Jesus is teaching us is about life. So there is a way that leads to destruction and there is a way that leads to life. And what distinguishes those things is, are the kinds of things that Jesus has been showing us. So when Jesus talks to us about what it means to be people who are concerned with our integrity, the whole oath, keep, that weird oath keeping section, be people who, who are known for telling the truth, who say, say what you mean and who mean what you say, like that is a way of life and a way of life that only tells the truth when you're on the stand, when you're being forced to, when you're being compelled to, when you have some kind of other authority backing up that you must tell the truth. That's a way that leads to destruction. Living with a loose relationship with the truth. It's not just that it's bad because God doesn't like it and he'll send you to hell if you don't do it. It'll ruin your life. Living a life of deceit will ruin your life and it'll ruin your neighbor's life and it'll ruin other people's in your, in your orbit. It's just a destructive way to live. Or maybe living in a relationship to desire that you only see other people. This is the, the lust section, right? You only see people as objects to please yourself. Only see other people as objects to make yourself happy and satisfied. And if you live that way, it may seem like that's a way of you getting what you want. But in the reality of life, that is a way that leads to destruction. It will ruin you to live that way. It will ruin you to live so that other people in your orbit are just objects for your desire. And it'll ruin other people's lives too. Or maybe the section about prayer and fasting and giving and the secret disciplines. Living your life in such a way that you everything you do is for the crowd. Everything you do is for other people to see it. Everything you do is for a public display. You are praying all the time, but you're doing it for the gram. And that is a way of life that leads to disaster. Living only for the performance on the stage will ruin I'm going to say it'll ruin you and it will. Y'all, it'll ruin me. It'll ruin us as a community if everything we do is for the applause. It's a way of life that leads to destruction. But on the other side, learning to cultivate an interior life of spirituality that connects with God, that takes seriously our need to connect with the creator who loves us deeply. 
Cultivating that as an interior spiritual life, it's a way of life. And it'll give you life, man. Live in communion with God. Jesus, Jesus wants us to understand that whether we're talking about these, these kinds of um, how, who we choose to, to, to show our love to, do we only love those people who are perfectly aligned with us or do we love our enemies and, and those people that may, maybe we even have a hard time understanding? Or do we, do we only keep our vows of, of, of marriage when it's convenient to us? Or do we pursue a witness of faithfulness in marriage? Like all of these choices that he's been laying out in this whole sermon, they're about, they're not just trying to, Jesus is not trying to ruin your fun, man. I think sometimes when I was a kid, I heard this passage and I heard it like there is a way that's broad and it seems good and people take it because it's fun, like sin is fun. Is that what I heard growing up? But don't do it because that road eventually, like you're having this great road and then eventually you show up and it's hell. And I think what Jesus is teaching is is so much more than that. That there is a broad road and it's compelling. But it's not necessarily compelling because it brings you like a lot of fun. It's compelling to go down a road that is about judgmental cynicism. There's something compelling about just being a judgy person. About living a life where you are able to kind of impose your superiority on everybody that you meet. There's, that, there's something. It's easy to go down that road. Is a broad, there's a big old broad gate that says, come on in this way. Because there's so many things that pull us into that road. But that road won't make you happier. That road will eat you out from the inside. Leave you desolate and broken. It's a road of destruction. But the road that on the other side learns to extend grace to other people because you are a person who yourself needs grace, to learn to see other people with empathy and to, and to try to engage with the way that they, in, in, um, they interact with the world, the way they experience the world, that road, it leads to life. And it's hard to find that way. It's hard to find that path. But that way leads to life, to a whole and full life. It is part of the gospel that there is a way. There is, we have choices about what kind of roads we take in life. My friends, there is a way. It is a different way. But it is a way of life. And I believe that. I believe that from the way of Jesus. But something else that Jesus says here, right, is he says, 
There's so many, something when he was talking about like so many people find that broad way and it's hard to find the narrow way. Something that Jesus says here that we need to understand as a community is that the crowd doesn't know the way of life. And I wish this wasn't true, okay? But the crowd doesn't know the way of life. And what Jesus is telling us here is that um, it, besides this, that it matters and that there's a way of life and there's a way of destruction and, and it, it matters which one you choose, Jesus is also letting us know that, you know, there is a way of living that just says, I'm going to follow the path <clears throat> that everybody else seems to be taking. But the catch is that the much of the crowd, most of the crowd is on a way that leads to destruction. The crowd doesn't know the way of life. So if we're going to take a way of life, we have to become intentional about it. We have to become a people who don't just you know, fall in line and go with the same kind of uh, path that everybody else. Because the, 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 the way that the crowd wants to take is the crowd of doing things that please ourselves. It is the, it is the way that says we're only going to uh, tell the truth when it matters uh, to us, like when we want to, right? Uh, the way of, that the crowd takes sometimes is going to be the, the way in our, in our moment right now. It is the way of cynicism. It is the way of judgmentalism. It's the harsh way of like putting a, putting a judgment on other people. But that is the way that the crowd wants to go. And it is challenging and difficult to swim upstream of that. And it takes a lot of in intentionality to choose the way of life in our world. And that's complicated even more because of the next thing that Jesus says, where he says that there are people who are, now he says, he says these words, and this is such a strong part. He says, beware, beware of false prophets, okay? Now, here's the trick on this. Beware of false prophets. Well, you read that and you're like, okay, that makes sense, right? Everybody should beware of false prophets. But you know what that means you have to do? You're, in reality, People that are false prophets don't wear a name tag that says false prophet, right? Beware of false prophets means you have to be careful with who? Prophets. You got to be wary of prophets, right? Well that, well, that seems like kind of a jerk move, Jesus. Like prophets are the people that you're supposed to be following, right? Well, yeah, but not the false ones. Well, they don't come labeled that way, do they? Right? It's not like you go to the profit store and they're very firmly categorized, good profit, bad profits, right? Jesus here, and I'm being a little silly, but Jesus says that these false prophets, they come to you and they're in sheep's clothing, right? They're wearing, they look like sheep, but they are actually ravenous wolves. I saw someone on Twitter yesterday man, I wish I'd put these pictures in here. It would have been perfect for all you pig fans in my room. It was a picture of pigs. Do you guys know that there's a species of pig that has 
wool like a sheep. It don't look right. All right? I'm telling you this. It looks a, more, a lot more like a pig than it does a sheep. Jesus says there's, there, are, there are people in the world who claim to be prophets. They claim to be people who speak for God. They are dressed so nice. But the reality is that they have a capacity to devour people. Ravenous wolves. What great language Jesus uses here. So what do you do? How do you know the difference between the people that are dressed like sheep and really are sheep and the people that are dressed like sheep but are really like ravenous pigs, okay? How do you know the difference? And Jesus says, you will know them by their fruits. By their fruits. And then he goes on and says, you know, the different kinds of trees bear different kinds of fruits. Part of what Jesus is teaching us here is that good fruit is a sign of the way of the right way, the way of life. And I want you to think about this for a minute. Now, many of us, uh, I, I, you know, grow up knowing the, the song from um, Galatians or the, the list of things that we call the fruit of the spirit. Tell me some of the fruits of the spirit in that list. Come on, help me out. Okay, I think we got most of them. Uh, honestly, that was a little tougher. You guys are getting better at talking back to me, though. That's good. Um, all right, so uh, if we, you know, I know sometimes the kids, you guys sing a song. Tell me something that's not a fruit of the Spirit. A coconut is definitely not a fruit of the Spirit. I appreciate that. Okay, Miss Tammy, where are Tammy at? Where are you at? Tammy, is she still, is she still in here? Okay, all right. No, she, oh, is she in the children's? No, she, okay, yes, okay. You guys are pointing different directions. And I'm like, wait, is she really in here? All right, so, oh, you got one? What is it? What is it? What is it? The fruit of the Spirit is not a watermelon. What you yelling? Right? I mean, that's the way I learned that song, right? Fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon. Fruit of the Spirit's not a... You want to be a watermelon, you might as well hear it. It can't be a fruit of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit because it is... Okay. <laughs> oh, man, this is getting really weird really quick. Okay, here's the deal. There are sometimes in my head when I want to think about what that list is, and I have to say, uh, the fruit, and I try to be, because I'm an adult, and I, so I try to be really cool about it. I say, the fruit of the Spirit is um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like I can't, almost can't help it at that point, right? It's nice to have a song that goes with a long list of things. And the fruit of the Spirit is not a watermelon, and it's not a coconut, nor is... A fruit of the Spirit, contempt for your brothers and sisters. And the fruit of the Spirit is not deceit. And the fruit of the Spirit is not jealousy and envy. And the fruit of the Spirit is not a desire to make yourself look better on the outside than on the inside. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. And it is those things and other things too. The New Testament in many different places teaches us about things that are markers of maturity. I think about the way that in Romans 5, uh, Paul is talking about the way, uh, you know, suffering produces character and, and, and character and endurance. And then at the end of that chain is it's hope. 
Hope is one of those things that if you follow down and there's, there's going to be some kind of fruit in your life, it's going to be that you have a hopefulness, right? And it marks you as a person that's following the way of life. Or the, the, the book of James talks about um, not just, uh, he, he's, he's talking about the wisdom that's from above and the things that, that it has and that, that it brings. And it says that it, there's a peaceableness, right? There's a gentleness, a submissive, a mercy, a, a sense of mercifulness. And these are what it marks. This is what marks people who are following the way of, as James says, wisdom. Or earlier in the book, he says that one of the markers for uh, maturity that he offers at the beginning in James 1 is a way of responding to suffering that's faithful and good and whole. There, I'm just saying all this to say that just that one list from Galatians is not the only kind of fruit that we should notice. Like James says, if we some see somebody that has always all together, but the moment they encounter hardship, they, they just their faith falls apart. That's a way of seeing a difference in the fruit of life. Or see somebody that can't ever manage a hopeful word. Or see somebody that can never, never has any evidence of, of joyfulness or, 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 or never an, an ounce of gentleness or mercifulness. There is a difference between a life that is on that narrow way and part of the difference is the kind of fruit that those kinds of life produce. If I wanted to be, I do, I want to, to ask you, like it's one thing to evaluate the prophets in the world this way, but can I ask, can, can I really ask you right now, what kind of fruit is the way of life that you're following producing? You know, like, like is it producing in you the kind, of, the kind of character that is like evidence of life? Or is it like hollowing you out so that you become more and more dead inside? Good fruit is a sign of the way of life. And we should be able to evaluate that and think about that and see it with people that we're following, the prophets in our lives. Okay, but we also ought to be able to take that and ask ourselves about it sometimes too. Maybe in a big way of thinking that. One of the questions that we have to come to in our lives is asking ourselves, where does this way lead? I don't know that there's signs on the gates that say broad is the path that leads to destruction, right? Like destruction way, take this one. Although we do have a big old street that's called Broadway, but that's a whole weird thing too. Really, it's not that you just follow the signs on the gates from the beginning of the journey. But as you travel your journey in life, Take stock of the fruit that it's producing. Take stock of the kinds of things that are becoming more intuitive for you and those things that are 
becoming less natural to you. And you take all that fruit together and learn the discipline of asking yourself, where does this way lead? Where does this path, the, the road that I'm on, where is it taking me? I, I think that's just part of the discipline of faith, guys. My friends, I, I, I think that part of what we, what we have to do in our journey is learn to come back to that question often and say, the, the, way, that I'm, the way that I'm trying to practice my faith and my, my, my life with Jesus, the way that I engage in with the community of the church, or the way that I, even, even the, way that I, the way that I do my job and the way that I, you know, kind of consume media, whether that's social media or the, the news that I turn on on the TV, you know, the way that I, the way that I drive and the way that I am with like my family and the way that I am with my neighbors, the kind of expectations that I have of my coworkers and, and the way that I, the way that I interact with people who are at my kid's school or the way that I interact with people when I, when I go to a restaurant and I'm talking to like a server, right? The way that I live and in, in, in the way that I process all, all the things that are just kind of happening in the world. All of those ways, the ways that become a way, a way of life. Or a way of death. Part of my discipline has to be giving myself space to come back and say this, all of those things that are part of the ways that I do things, they all kind of form a way of life or a way of, they form a way. And I have to keep asking myself, where does all these things that I call my way of life, where does that way really lead? And what is the fruit that I'm seeing that shows me where it leads? One of the interesting things in the New Testament that just shows up, it's so, such a strange little fact of the New Testament, that early in the book of Acts, there are several places or because we have the name, before we have the name of Christianity or anything like that. And they're trying to figure out what they call this new community. And one of the things that they call it repeatedly in the book of Acts is they call it the way. There were some people who were followers of the way or who were members of the way, it says. Because they understood that Jesus invites us to a way of life. That Jesus is inviting us not just to a, a new set of rules and not just to a new set of practices, not even just to a new social organization. Jesus invites us to a way.
a way of living in the world. And that invitation from Jesus is that he is inviting us to a way that leads to life. Isn't that gospel? Isn't it good news that Jesus, who deeply understands who we are inside out, that our creator who made us and understands how we tick, willing to come and share with us what it a new way and not to just say hey these are the things that you do and these are the things that you don't do but to provide us with the kind of assistance in the holy spirit that leads to us following the way of life that leads to that fruit right that jesus invites us into a way of life is part of the gospel and it's a way of life that is both good in the in the eternal hereafter, okay? But it is also a way of life today. And it's a way that gives, will give me life tomorrow and 10 years from now. And it's a way of life that will give life to all the people in my orbit tomorrow too, right? That when I follow that way of life, it makes a difference, not just for me, but it makes a difference. If I follow the way of Jesus, it will make a difference in the amount of life that is in my home. If I follow the way of Jesus, it makes a difference to the kind of life that other people experience in my office. It makes a difference to the kind of life that people experience in my neighborhood. Jesus wants us to be a people who follow his way, then receive that life, but who also are able to share it and give it who because they live differently, make a difference in their communities too. We're gonna have an invitation today. And our custom um, is to you know, stand and to sing at the end of the sermon. Um, and today I wanna be really pointed and say that, um, you know, if you're in the place, and you, you may have heard some of this stuff today and just thought, Man, I don't really, I don't think I really like where my life's headed. I don't like the kinds of things that I see in myself. And I, I'm thinking back and I'm thinking about the sorts of things that I, I hear myself saying or the way that I treat different people. And I, I, I'm, I'm on a way that isn't a way of life. I'm on a way of, I'm on a way of destruction, right? A way of ruin and death. And if you're in that place, where you are ready to say, I want to follow Jesus in the way of life. And you know what? That may, be, that may mean that you're in a place where you just need to say that and commit to yourself. You know, just wherever you are and just say, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna change some things in life. I'm gonna rethink the way that I follow Jesus. And I'm gonna re rethink what it means to be a person that follows his way. Or it may mean that you're in a place, man, where you, you feel like you need to say something. It may be just the person down the row from you, and they may be a little surprised when you give them that elbow at first, okay? You say, hey, I need to talk to somebody about some stuff. You know what? There are a lot of people here that would be willing to listen to you, okay? We need help sometimes. Sometimes telling to somebody else, hey, I need to, I need to kind of get my life right rethink what it means to follow Jesus. Sometimes that's the first step. Maybe for you, you're, you're in a place where you want to come up front and say something and, and speak it before the church and say to the church here, hey, I, I, need to, I need to make some changes in my life. 
My life right now is a destructive force, but I want it to be a force of good and life for other people in the world. I want to follow Jesus's way. I want to follow him in life. Or maybe you're in that place. And I, I, want, I want you to hear me. Maybe you're in a place where you have kind of flirted with Jesus for a long time, but you haven't come to the place where you're saying, I want to follow his way in the world. And if you're in that place today, I want you to hear me just loud and clear. You don't have to wait until you get yourself together. You don't. You don't wait to have to get everything together on your own before you start following Jesus. But if you're in the place where you're saying, I want to give myself to the way of life that is in Jesus, man, you can, you can start today and do that. And Jesus is ready for you. If you want to come down and talk about that, maybe you're in a place where even you're ready to go and, and to become baptized and to show people that, to take that confession and say, I'm going to want to be a person of Jesus. And we're ready for you to do that too. The invitation is for you and it's for everybody here. Jesus freely welcomes you to his way of life. Let us be a people who will follow him. Let's stand and sing together.